0: I think that's really fitting for us to understand that whole idea that God wants to be with us. Sometimes we look at that and we wonder, why? Why does God want to be with us? Because we're all messed up and broken and we've got all these problems, and yet that's what God has always wanted. He wants to be with us. So I want to read you the text from uh, Revelation 21. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts, and he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son <clears throat> God has always initiated this relationship from the very beginning God created Adam and Eve because he wanted a people that he could love and be uh, at at fellowship with and the Bible tells us that, you know, in the cool of the evening, God would come down and he would talk with Adam and Eve. And then when they sinned, that all got messed up and it changed. And then God had to start revealing ways that he could, he could still continue to try to maintain that relationship. And so all throughout the Word, it's the same message that God wants to dwell among us. God wants to come down and be with us. He wants to be our God. He wants us to be his people and it started out, he was revealing himself to, to one man and his family. And then he, he started saying, I want, I want to have a nation. I want to have a people. I don't want to just deal with one man. I want it to be a whole people. And so through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he began to, to work this plan and reveal himself. And it's all about revealing himself. And he's trying to attract our hearts to him so that we will allow him to come and dwell among us. But he always is the one that initiates it. And we, we think that we choose him, we're only choosing him because he first chose us. You know, he loved us first and because he loved us and because he was calling us and because he kept pursuing us and he kept he kept calling and pursuing and, and wooing us. It's like, it's like when you're young and you're dating, you know, you're, you're doing everything you can to try to win this other person's heart and try to show them how much you love them and how much, you know, that's the way God is. And we sing this song sometimes, you know, that he's won my heart. And that is, that is so true because we, we think we're choosing him, but we're only choosing him because he's won our heart. And he just keeps coming and he never gives up on us. And we, we reject him and we deny him and we resist. And we're thinking, i got all this life. I want to live. And I, I, you know, I don't want to give up all my friends or all my stuff. I, don't, you know, I, I just want to, I want to be like I am. I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want to give up everything that I am. Well, God's saying, you're not really losing that much. You're gaining, you know. My offer is a better offer than anything you can dream up on your own. I've got bajillion times more. Anything you think is great and wonderful, I've got something that's way better. Anything about yourself that you think you know, I know way more than that. That's what God is offering. He's offering to take our our lives that are mediocre, messed up, broken, and change this into something that is beautiful and wonderful and acceptable in His sight. It's really foolish to reject God's offer, not only of the eternal thing, which is pretty significant, but but right here and now, in that text we read, it says, I will make all things new. Let me tell you, He is making all things new right now. You don't have to wait till you go to heaven for things to be made new. If you choose to be ignorant and just go along and get whatever you get, then that's what you're gonna get. But if you recognize that God has a plan for you, He has a purpose your life. And he's wanting to change you. He's wanting to improve your life. And I'm not talking about, you know, the uh, making a better you. He wants to change you. It's not just make you better. He wants you to be a new creation in every area of your life. He wants to make all of it new. And those words that we read in the scripture where it talks about transforming, the original language, that's metamorphosis. You know, it's like the the butterfly and the caterpillar thing they don't just you know they don't just kind of modify a little bit I mean it's a whole different critter you understand that a caterpillar they they eat you know with chewing jaws you know they just they eat and destroy they're destructive they ruin plants if you ever try to have a garden or you know, flowers, or, I mean, you don't, you don't like caterpillars because they're always just eating stuff. But then when that caterpillar changes, guess what? He didn't have those snappers anymore. Now he's got that little, that little thing that he sticks down there and sucks up the nectar. It's a whole different critter. And now he's not destructive anymore. Now he's actually, he's pollinizing and doing things that help the plants grow and be productive. And that's the way it is with us. See, God. He wants to take away the old, the old mandibles, you know, give us one of those things where we can suck up that sweet, sweet honey from your lips. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it's all about. He wants to make us into a new creation where we're not destroying things anymore and the enemy's not running around causing death and destruction in our lives, but we're being productive. And it's good. It's not a problem. It's not bad. It's good. That's what God wants to do in us. I'm all over that. You know, when God says, I want to take you, you rotten miserable slob, and I want to change you into this person that is okay, acceptable in my sight, productive in the kingdom, and someone that can love and, and be kind and good, that's a deal I'm not gonna refuse. Because the thing is, it's like a money back guarantee. Because God says, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this covenant with you. It's called the new covenant. I made it with my blood and I have fulfilled my part of the covenant and I'm going to give you the power to fulfill your part of the covenant and all we got to do is say yes you can't find a deal like that anywhere I mean it's the best offer you're ever going to get this side of eternity so God wants to come and he wants to dwell among us and he's made a way for us to be able to do that and he's been working that for years and years, you know, hundreds and thousands of years. He's been working this plan out so that we can be the people that he wants us to be. That's a long introduction. <clears throat> so we talked about Abraham, Isaac, and we started on Jacob. And I think we're pretty much through with Jacob. But he's, uh, Jacob is where God began to, to say, okay, I really want a nation that I can call my own. I don't just want a guy, and I just don't want his family. But I want to make a nation, a people on the earth that will be my people, my representatives, and everything that I want to accomplish in the earth will be through this people. How would you like to have that? Is what's hanging over you—that in you, all the earth is going to be blessed, and in you, all of God's plans and purposes are going to be fulfilled. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? It is in us because now we're his body. And he took us and he grafted us into the, into the original root system that he intended for his people, Israel, and he's made us the same. And so in Christ, it's the same. We are his people and he is our God. And it's an opportunity for us to, to walk around in this life with his blessing and favor in our lives and flowing out of our lives to touch other people's lives. He wants us to be like that butterfly, not necessarily just flitting around, you know, like we don't know what's going on and just going wherever the wind blows, except that that is the way Jesus talked about the holy spirit, isn't it? He said the wind blows, you can't see it, but you can see where, you can see what's happening because you see you see trees moving, you see grass moving, and that's the way it is with the spirit. We don't know everything about it, but when he, when he begins to move, he can move us along and get us in the places that we need to be in so that we can accomplish the things that he wants us to accomplish. And sometimes we're totally oblivious. You know, we're just going 90 miles an hour and doing our thing and not paying attention to anything that God's trying to do, and all of a sudden it's just boom. And here's this situation, and we've got an opportunity to respond in the spirit And God can do this miraculous thing of bringing us together with another person and accomplishing His plan, and yet we didn't orchestrate it. We didn't know it was coming. We were just minding our own business. But here comes the wind of the Spirit blowing right in and just changing everything. Our part in all that whole process is just to be willing and obedient. We've got to be kind of tuned in, you know, and you you, that's why we ought to be reading the Word every day. That's why we ought to be praying every day. That's why we ought to be doing the things that help us stay in proper fellowship with the Lord. Because when we're in right fellowship with the Lord, He can talk to us. And he can, he can get our attention. Instead of having to slap us upside the head to get our attention, it's just a whisper. Hey, hey I've got something for you over here. What? Oh, yeah. That's the way, that's the way it ought to be. And what he said about Israel over and over again, he said, you are a stiff-necked people. You know, I've man, I've tried to do all this wonderful stuff, you know, but you just resist. I've, I've, I've resisted. We all have at times. You know, God's saying, look, I've got this great plan for you. Nah, I got my own plan. And not only is that dumb, but just think about how offensive that is to the Lord. When he knows our hearts, he knows exactly what makes us tick. He knows what will fulfill us and satisfy us and make us happy and productive and fruitful. He knows exactly everything about us. And when we say, no thanks, I got this, I know all about myself, I'll just do it my way. Well, Frank Sinatra, you know, he sang that song, I'll do it my way. Well, that's not a good way because there is a way. It seems right to a man, but you know what the word says? It leads to death. The end of it is death. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to have us thinking, if I can just do it my way, if I can just be in control. It's like the little, the little children. You know, you see that little child and you start trying to reason with them. No! My way. You know, me. Let me help you there. No! All by myself. I just that, I hated that expression when my children would give me that. It's like <coughs> <laughs> because I wasn't nearly as patient thin as I am now. And you'd be saying, let me just do this. I can do this in five seconds. No, all by myself. You know, two hours later they're still over there trying, you know. And, <coughs> and that's what that's what God is dealing with uh, with us. You understand that when we He wants us to just follow Him and obey Him, and we're saying, All by myself. I've got my own plan. I don't want to be like that anymore. I lived a lot of my life doing my own thing, and uh, I don't want to do that. I want to lay everything down and let God, let God be in control. And, I, you know, I had this great revelation a couple of weeks ago that there's some areas in my life that he hasn't really been Lord in. And, uh, you know, I, d- I wasn't aware of it. I was just doing my own thing and thought, I, you know, I've been saying for years, I've surrendered everything, and I've prayed that prayer a bajillion times, and, I've, you know, God, I give you everything. And I, I, was, I was in prayer, and all of a sudden, it's just like, whoa. Those are things I thought I'd dealt with ages ago. But evidently, I hadn't, uh, hadn't fully dealt with them. My point is that, that we're all on this journey, and no one has got it all figured out yet. You know, I don't have it all figured out. Jack Hayford doesn't have it all figured out. You know, no one has it all figured out. But we're all learning and growing and we're walking, hopefully, the right direction. As we go the right direction, we grow, we mature, we change, we become more like the Lord. And as we do that, our lives should be getting better and better all the while. We should be more productive and more uh, fulfilled. If you're walking in God's purpose for your life, you will be experiencing fulfillment and satisfaction because you're doing the things that you're called to do. And you should enjoy that. It should work. And if you're not feeling like you're satisfied or fulfilled, you might want to think about some of the things that you're doing because you're probably not operating within God's plan and purpose for your life. Because when you do your own thing and you're outside of God's plan and purpose, it's it's just not going to be fulfilling. You will never find true fulfillment when you're doing your own thing. Sorry, I'm just telling you, that's the truth. And uh, the sooner you figure that out in life, the better off you're going to be. If you wait until you're 60 or 70 years old, you're going to look back and you're going to think, man, you know could have had a V8, you know, I could have done that differently a long time ago, and look how much better it would have been. But instead of that, you know, we're just bullheading our way along, doing our own thing, and then one day we look back and we say, man, I should have changed a long time ago. My sweet wife, you'd never know it, but when she was in the fifth grade, I think she said she got a spanking every day in the summer uh, because she just was, she was just uh, determined that she was gonna resist, and she resisted, and one day, After all these, you know, daily thrashings, she finally, she said, this is really kind of dumb, you know? And it was over insignificant stuff. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, she was really getting in trouble over big things. She was just, she was just being resistant. And she said, you know, that's not too smart. And she really is a smart person. So she said, okay, not going to do that anymore. So she just made up her mind, I'm going to comply. Never got a spanking again. That's the way we are with God. We, we, when we choose to comply, things just go better in our lives. And when you choose to resist, I'm telling you, there's going to be problems. And they may be small problems, they may be big problems, but when you are resisting God, you got issues that need to be resolved. He says, I give grace to the humble, but I resist the proud. And so when you want to be in control, basically it's pride that's operating in you and you're saying, I am going to be this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in control. And guess what? Who does that sound like? Lucifer, right? He said, I will be like the most high. I will ascend and I'll do this and I'll do that. And when you start thinking, I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be in control. I'm going to make the decisions in my life. Then you're not lining up with God, you're lining up with Satan. And, and I'm not, this doesn't have anything to do with you going to hell or I'm, I'm just talking about your daily walk with the Lord. Now, if you never choose the Lord and you live your whole life walking with the devil, you've got eternal issues to deal with. But, but when we, we become Christians, you give your life to the Lord, become a new creation then it's, it's a journey. So every day from that point forward, we were walking with the Lord. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be changing, maturing. And when we do that, life gets better and better. But when you resist and you say, no, I'm going to have my own way, then, then you're, you're getting out of alignment with God's plan and you're getting over under the enemy and you're lining up with his plan because you're resisting God. And look what happened to the children of Israel. All those times, you know, they get out from under God's plan and they start doing their own thing. Boom. Then they get in trouble. And the other nations would come in and overthrow them and take control. And they'd be in bondage again. They'd be paying the tribute. They'd be abused and, and, uh, and in trouble. All these bad things happened to them because they forgot who God was in their life or they resisted his plan. We don't want to be that way. We want to we be yielding. So, It's always better just to say yes. It's better in relationships with people to comply and say yes. The Bible says as long as, as much as it's possible with you, be at peace with all people. So it's good to say yes. It's good. Now, you know, I'm not telling you to go along to get along necessarily, but I'm just saying if you can be at peace with people and you can comply with what they're asking to do and it's not going to cause you to sin or break some moral code that you have, then you just ought to try to get along and be at peace with people. It'll be a lot better in your life, because when you don't get along with people, it's unpleasant, because all day long, you know, you've you're, you got this animosity building, and it can be at work, it can be at home, it can be brothers and sisters, it can be friends or family, co-workers, whatever. It's better to get along, and it's especially important that we get along as the body of Christ we're supposed to be family, right? We're supposed to love one another. That doesn't mean you have to really like everybody, but we do have to love each other. And there are some people that I like and I enjoy their company. Others, maybe not so much, but I can, I can love all of you. I may not want to hang out with all of you. I don't have time to hang out with all of you. Sorry. So if you're one of the ones I hadn't been hanging out with, uh, you know, don't read into that anything. It's just that I found out, you know, when Tracy and I yeah. took over, we said, man, we're going to start going out to lunch with people. We're going to start really, you know, making a connection. I think we did that once or twice. It's hard because everybody's got their stuff going on. And we're busy and y'all are busy and it's just hard. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't love each other. And I just want to encourage you, when you you have relationships in your life that are important, even with with unbelievers, people that... They don't agree with you, and they may get mad at you if you try to share the good news with them. But you need to love those people because if you can be at peace with them, God can do something miraculous where all of a sudden, He can cause this animosity between you. He can cause it to be peace, and you can have an opportunity to share God's love with someone. That otherwise, if you just dig in your heels and you're just a bullhead and you're not willing to get along, That's not how God is. That's not how Jesus was. When he walked among us as a man, he loved people. He went and he he had meals with sinners, even though it caused a lot of angst with uh, the religious leaders, because that was not acceptable. He broke all those traditions because he wanted to show people that he loved them. And he loved them even though he didn't approve of their lifestyle. And he preached the good news to them. He told them, you know, you gotta, you got to quit sinning. You need to repent, and you need to give your life to God and be cleansed and healed and be changed. He didn't say, I love you, and you can just keep being who you are. He said, I love you because I love you, but I want you to change. God was uh, trying to have a people that he could be with, and he chose Israel because they were... I think it started out, you know, he, he, had, a, he had a man... That he saw would love him and obey him. And then it passed down from generation to generation. And when it got to Jacob we became Israel, his sons, they weren't all good people. You know, they made mistakes and that's what I like about the Bible. You read these stories in the Bible, even the patriarchs, the guys that we all think, you know, man, these are the these are the guys that really had it going on. Wow, they were a bunch of weirdos sometimes. They made mistakes. I mean, they did terrible things. I read those stories and it's like, Wow, God, couldn't you choose someone a little more on the ball than that? I mean, that, those guys, they were kind of scary. I read this just the other day. They, uh, they had a, a problem with some of the locals. They abused one of their sisters, and they just, I mean, they went and killed the whole, the whole city. And they lied to them before they killed them. <laughs> it's like, you know, that was really not a good thing. And, and I'm pretty sure that all those things create some of the circumstances that you're seeing over there right now in the Middle East. Abraham, he had Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, and then all these things that they did, you know, some of them, they would go out and they would do something really off-the-wall weird, and because of that, there was this animosity that was passed down from generation to generation, and, you know, unfortunately, people have a good memory, especially when the devil is in there reminding you of it. That's why unforgiveness is such a problem. Because even if you try to forget, the enemy is going to keep coming in there and reminding you. It's like it's just this repeat, repeat, repeat over and over and over. And when you're living in unforgiveness, it will really mess you up. You don't want to do that. And that's, what's, that's exactly what's going on in the Middle East. I mean, they are so bound in unforgiveness as nations. They cannot release it. So, worship team, y'all come back. I'm going I'm to, you know, we've got this meeting. And we're going to eat, and so I'm going to give you a, about a five-minute break here. Normally, I would, I'd go a little more, but I'm just going to quit. But I, I would I want to say this, though. In relation to Israel, and this is important to know. It's kind of what I've been saying all morning, but here's the scripture. Deuteronomy 7, 7. God is talking to the children of Israel, and he says, I want you to understand this. I didn't choose you. Set my love on you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So God didn't choose Israel because they were so smart or great or, or numerous or they were powerful. He didn't select them because they were, they were gonna be a strong nation because of who they were. He selected them because he loved them. He just said, look, I see something that I'm gonna love and I'm gonna bless and I'm gonna make you my people. And you're going to be like no other people or nation on the earth. That's what God says about us. Because in Christ, that's exactly who we are. He has set his love on us, and he's chosen us, and he said, I'm going to take you and bless you and make you into something like no other people. No other people on the earth is going to be a treasure to me like you, my people. And that gives us a special position in the spiritual realm. It's not just words. I mean, we have a place spiritually. God has said, you are my children. I am the God of all the universe and you are my children and I've given you authority and power to act as my ambassadors in this life. That's a pretty big deal. And we need to understand that. We need to see that about ourselves. Don't believe what the enemy would say to you. Because even though God delivered Israel from Egypt, they kept saying, oh, if we could just go back, there'd be plenty of food and plenty of water, and there was plenty of, you know, they, they always were being pulled to go back. That's what the devil wants to do to us. God's made all these wonderful promises to it, but the devil keeps telling us, do it your way. Go back. We don't want to go back. We want to go forward. We want to go forward. God wants to dwell among us, and we are to be His people, and He is to be our God. Let's stand and worship.
1: earth and all creation I you
0: Sherry's gonna share something with us
2: okay so when Carol was playing earlier you know sometimes you get that word in your head and you're like okay that was from me that was me Like I, I, I thought that up and that would be dumb to share with everybody. And God kept saying to me, I am your God, you are my people, <laughs> before you started preaching. And I just I just sat there, I'm like, okay, God, this is just me thinking this in my head. Of course, you are my God, and I, I am your people, and I am you are my tribe. This is it, you know. And when Terry started talking and he started preaching, it was like, okay, I just missed an opportunity to show that God was saying this message was ordained for us. And I was, I went over to my husband, and I'm like, okay. Like he started talking, and I was like, oh, I messed up. Wait, that was not good. And then I was talking to Talos and I'm like, I should have said something. And, and I was like, it's not too late. So I wanna let you know that that message was meant to be said today. And I want you to take hold of that. He just put on my heart that you are his tribe. <laughs> You know, we, the kids will, will understand a little bit more about that. You know, you are my tribe, um, but you are you you are you are His people. He chose you, like of all the people in the world, He chose you, and you have to know how special that is. Um, being an adopted child, I I was chosen to be adopted, and you know, people are like, oh, how do you feel about being adopted? It's an amazing thing because someone chose me. So I want you to know you are an adopted child of God. And y- he chose you. He chose to bring you into his family, into his life, into his world. So please don't, when, when you're thinking, I'm not worth it. You know, I'm no good. I screwed this up. I dropped words. <laughs> um, you know, we all make mistakes. And we're all like, oh, that wasn't good enough for you, God. No, go back. He chose you. you. And it doesn't matter the mistakes you make. It doesn't matter when you don't listen to him right up front. He gives you opportunities to make up for that. And he gives you opportunities to make what was wrong right. So I'm up here making what was wrong right. God spoke to you. He spoke to you through, uh, through pastor. And I want you to know that you are his people. Amen.
0: Well, God is a God of redemption. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a little bit like the Apostle Paul in that I'm I'm really pretty quick to acknowledge my past and that I, uh, you know, if it weren't for all my failures, I wouldn't be where I am today because God has used every, every failure to change things in me, and as He has redeemed me, you know, that's... That's what makes me able to talk to you guys about God's redemption is because I've walked it out and I've lived it and I've seen it and I'm never going to forget what he's done in my life and I'm going to encourage you to live that same way. And And as we get ready to sing this last song, I don't know if there's anyone here that, that doesn't know the Lord I don't want to ever uh, not give you a chance you know we talk about all this this wonderful stuff about God if you don't know him if you've never prayed to receive him then please don't go out of here without doing that someone will meet you here at the altar and pray with you if you if you won't pray for anything else it's okay we're we'll, we'll meet with you and we'll pray with you maybe you just want some assurance that what's what sherry just shared it really is true in your life and maybe you've struggled with that but but you want God to show you and convince you of that and make you understand that it really is true for you. You know, that's one of the tricks of the devil. We, we hear that about other people. Oh, yeah, I, I believe that about them because they're, they're okay, you know, but not me. I'm not worthy. I've made too many mistakes or I've got this problem or whatever. It is true over all of us. We are all supposed to be God's children. And we need to understand that and know what that means. And so any special prayer requests, if you need something, just come come as we worship and we'll pray with you. And then uh, we'll be wrapping up here in just a few minutes.
3: Joe wants to share a word with us. Y'all it was just a constant prodding saying, you got to mention this. It's something that you're dealing with, but it's something that a lot of people are dealing with right now. I've seen it with uh, in the families of my friends, and I've felt it in myself. Um, Terry mentioned something about it twice uh, in himself and with the things that Israel is probably dealing with in the current day. The Lord reminds us of things that happened to us in the past frequently. And sometimes we think, oh, why am I thinking about this? Why is it coming up again? It's, it's beating me down. I'm guilty about it. I'm ashamed of it. But, but he's saying, I'm, I'm reminding you so you can give it to me. I want to deal with it once and for all. I don't want it to continue to linger and, and wound you. It's like a thorn that's been in your foot for three days and you don't know how to get it out. He's saying it's there and you need to deal with it so that you can live it in a more proper freedom. So when you think of something that is old, that you thought you dealt with, that you didn't even know was a problem in your life, you need to give it to the Lord. You need to say, all right. Because it's causing you a problem so that you can't walk in the freedom that God wants for you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joe. <laughs>
0: So, Lord, seal, seal this word up in our hearts. We receive what you have said to us this morning, Lord. Help us to respond to you the way that we're supposed to. And what that means for each one of us individually might be a little different, but Lord, we all need to be saying yes to you. Not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will. In every area of of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Go in Jesus' name and come eat with us. We got plenty of food. You don't have to stay for the meeting. Come eat with us. And then uh if anybody you needs special prayer for anything else, we'll, we'll meet you here and pray with you.